<clears throat> all right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Twits and Facts. Like always, of course, hope you guys are enjoying your Thursday morning so far. This is my AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Week 2 review. See, I got it right that time. I didn't say AEW Fighter Fest, then Dynamite. It's AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest Week 2. Got it right for the first time right there. It's going to get it at some point. Uh, but I hope you guys are enjoying your Thursday morning so far. I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, we got a lot more wrestling coming up. We got SmackDown tomorrow and AEW Rampage Fighter Fest Week 2. And then on Saturday, we have Ring of Honor and Death Before Dishonor. So we got a lot of wrestling coming up. On Saturday, I will, ma- I will review Rampage Fighter Fest and make my predictions for Ring of Honor and Death Before Dishonor. And then Sunday, I will review Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. And then on Monday, I will review WWE Friday Night SmackDown. So those episodes are coming up within the next couple days. Tomorrow's day off. And then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, more wrestling. And my honest thoughts here on Dynamite Fighter Fest Week 2, it was a good show. So out of all the three shows I've seen this week, Raw was average. NXT 2.0 was good. And Dynamite Fighter Fest Week 2 was good as well. So two out of three wrestling shows I've seen this week have been good. We'll see how SmackDown and Rampage are tomorrow. And we'll see how the Ring of Honor pay-per-view is on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to it. And we'll see what happens. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into the action of the show right here. So the first match of the show, Brody King versus Darby Allin. And this match was done Perfectly. This is this is exactly what they should have done last week with Wardlow and Orange Cassidy. And we didn't hear anything about Wardlow on this show at all. You didn't even see him, which is a little bit concerning. Maybe we'll see him on a Rampage tomorrow, but it's like, you know, he just won the TNT title a couple weeks ago. You know, you, gotta, you should really show him a little bit more. You had him on TV every week when he wasn't even the champion. You got to... Keep it rolling right here. That's all I'm trying to say. You got to keep it rolling right here with him. Got to keep him on TV. I mean, they should be embarrassed for what they did last week with him versus Cassidy. That was pretty embarrassing. So that's all that I got to say right there. It was really embarrassing. It just was. But this match, you know, bigger man versus a smaller guy right here. It was done perfectly between Brody King and Darby Allen. Brody King fucking destroyed Darby. He destroyed him. I mean, Darby got his offense in like later on in this match, but 95% of this match was just Brody King beating the shit out of Darby. Which is good. That's exactly what a bigger man should do to a guy that's smaller than him. That's exactly what should be happening. Or exactly what should happen. Shouldn't be the other way around where, you know, Cassidy was getting his offense in on Wardlow. How they're trying to make him a legit threat to Wardlow. Wardlow should have just squashed him. I mean, Cassie could have got a little offense in like Darby did at the end of this match. But, I mean, come on. You, you basically just shit on Wardlow last week. They should be embarrassed. And honestly, I was thinking, 
you know, I was thinking right here, like, how with Wardlow, somebody's got to match up to him for the TNT Championship. Like, whenever Wardlow drops the belt, which won't be for a few months, it's got to be somebody that's at his level. I've mentioned Hobbs, you know, I've mentioned Hager. Um, this was Hobbs, Hager. I think I may have mentioned Brody King. I'm not too sure if I did. Um, but he's a guy right here, Brody King. He could be very believable. He's actually very believable to be Wardlow in the future. He's very believable. You know, you can give him a shot. And like I said, I think I did say maybe a week ago that you can give Brody King the TNT title. And maybe like Malachi gets jealous, he kicks him out, and he winds up beating him for the belt. You could do that. You could easily do that. That's all I'm trying to say. People are kind of wondering, go a little off topic, like with the old Atlantic Championship, Pac has been defending it overseas, so hopefully he'll be back in the States soon to defend it. You know, it's the All Atlantic Championship, and he's defending it all around. So, but honestly, I would like to see Brody King go after Wardlow in the future. Not like, not right now. Definitely give it some time. Let things settle in a little bit, and we'll see what happens. You know, would just love to see that. Would really love to see that. Just thinking about it right now. I think those two could put on a really good match. But back to this match, right? Like I said, Brody was just really beating the shit out of Darby. And it was perfectly done, like I said. That's exactly what should have happened last week. Between Warlow and Cassidy. Yeah, I'm still not over because it was really embarrassing. It really was. And to be honest, I almost felt like, you know, changing the channel last week. When that match happened. I was like, what the fuck was that? That's how you open up the show? Come on. Seriously, don't don't do that. But no, I mean, Brody, he was chopping the shit out of Darby. He was just beating the hell out of him. Tossing around like a ragdoll. Like, Darby really had no offense from the start. You could almost say it felt like a squash match. It almost felt that way. When he came back from commercial, Darby was fighting, you know, being relentless. You know, he grabbed his belt, his own belt, tied it. He was able to tie Brody King's legs. Got him outside the ring. He was able to fly right on him like that. That when he's like shot out of a cannon, basically, where he's like really coming at you. And Darby hits you stiff for a little guy. He hits you stiff. He really does. So he was able to hit Brody right there. He was taking a little bit of control. You know, then Brody was basically shut down his offense, but then Darby kept on fighting. Hit him with a code red. I don't know how the hell he did that, but he did it. It was so perfectly done. But Brody easily kicked out of that. Dar- and you had to think, listen, I love Darby. I've mentioned on numerous occasions he's going to be a future world champion. I loved his TNT title run from November of 2020 to May of last year. But Brody King definitely needed this win right here. And I'm happy that he got the win because he needed this win right here. You could not give... You couldn't have Darby win this match. You just you just couldn't have him win this match. You couldn't do that. You know... it would hurt, Well, obviously it would hurt Brody King. It's like, okay, he can't be a guy that's much smaller than him right here. And you could, could say, oh, Darby's relentless. He's an underdog. You know, he could... He's beating the best, you know. Yeah, I get it, but you want to make Brody very believable in a way, you know. And he's very believable as a fucking monster. He really is. He seriously, seriously is. That's what I really like about him. 
That's what I really like about him. But it was a really good match, and I have to say, this match was easily my favorite match of the night. I would have to actually say that. It was my favorite match of the night. You know, I enjoyed the main event. Definitely enjoyed the main event. But this was easily my favorite match of the night. Like, I really enjoyed this match. Like I said, it was a perfectly done match right here, in my honest opinion. That's just how I feel about it. But, um, no, I really liked it. I really did. I really, really liked it. Really, really liked it. But, you know, Darby, he definitely tried his best right here towards the end right here. He definitely did everything he could. But Brody King was able to shut him down officially at the end. He was able to shut him down right here towards the end. Hit him with the Gonzo Bomb. One, two, three. Darby was completely knocked out. Actually, before the Gonzo Bomb, he was fucking choking him out like he did back in the Royal Rampage Battle Royal a couple weeks ago. And Darby did pass out, but he was able to get back in the ring before the count of 10. But then, yeah, then Brody picked him up right away. Gonzo bomb. One, two, three. Gonzo, match over. Brody King gets the win. And I was like, all right, you know, he needed the win, Brody. He needed the win. Like I said, I love Darby, but Brody King needed this win right here. Easily needed this win. And it was a really good match. And then after the match, fucking Brody was choking out Sting. Not Sting. was choking out Darby trying to get Sting's attention. And he, lo and behold, got his attention. Here comes Sting. He gets into the ring. And they start going at it. They start going at it. And the lights go out. Sting was able to hit the Scorpion Death Drop on Brody King. When the lights come back on, Malachi Black's in the ring. Brody gets right back up and starts choking out Sting. And then Malachi spits the Black Mist into his face. Sting gets choked down. Here comes Miro. The Redeemer Miro. He's got sunglasses on. We know what Malachi did to him back at Forbidden Door pay-per-view. You know, he spat the black mist into his face or right into his eyes. So, Miro doesn't get in the ring, though. He stared down Brody and Malachi. Didn't get in the ring. So, I don't know if this is going to be a babyface turn for Miro. I doubt he's going to join the House of Black. He really wouldn't fit, honestly. Like, I don't think he could fit with the House of Black, honestly. I just don't think he can. It wouldn't make much sense. So I think he's probably going to team up with Darby and Sting when Buddy Matthews comes back from injury. They'll do a trios match. They'll do the House of Black, you know, Buddy, Malachi, and Brody versus Miro, Darby, and Sting, which is something I didn't think I needed to see. But that could be something. I would love to see that. 
That's something that's very, very unexpected. Like, I... I don't know. I'm very down to see that match. Very, very down to see that. We'll see, though. It's something I really didn't expect, but it could definitely happen. Definitely something I didn't expect, but it could definitely happen. But now we get to the next match right here. We have best friends. Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor. Versus the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, Wheeler Yuta. And the AEW Interim World Heavyweight Champion, John Moxley. And this was a good tag team match right here. We did have William Regal and Orange Cassidy was on commentary. Cassidy didn't really see much. He didn't really say much, meant to say. Didn't really say much at all. Regal, you know, was talking, but Cassie was just, you know, he was just there, honestly. You probably would forget that he was even on commentary. But that's, you know, whatever right there. But overall, it was a really good tag team match because we know we have, there's history between Yuta and Best Friends. He was with Best Friends for a little while. Even though Tremperetta wanted nothing to do with him, like he always kind of like despised him, even though Chuck Taylor took him in like a son, so he's got respect for him. Not as much during this match, though. Like Taylor had respect, like a little bit of respect, but then Yuta was just going off on him. He was slapping him, and Chuck Taylor was like, all right, you know what? Fine, you're not going to have respect for me. I'm not going to have respect for you. I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And I got to admit, this is probably Best Friends' best match here in AEW. I have to actually admit that. Like, I really enjoyed, like, the, you know, the parking lot brawl they did with Santana Ortiz back in September of 2020 at Daly's Place. But, I mean, this wasn't, you know, that kind of match. This is a regular match. Right? I think this is their best regular match they've ever had, honestly. You know, I'm looking forward to Yuta versus Garcia for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship this Saturday at Death Before Dishonor. Should be a good one. Should be a really good one. Should be a really good one. So I'm definitely looking forward to that match right there. Um, but yeah, this tag team match, it was good. It was a good tag team match, and I liked it. I did like this tag team match. So you have to, I was thinking like for a second, what's next for John Moxie right here? Because he just beat Brody King a couple weeks ago for the interim world title. And he beat Takeshka last week, you know, because Takeshka had a chance to uh, get a title shot. If he would have beaten Moxley, he would have gotten the interim title shot, you know, whenever. But Moxley beat him. So you have to think, okay, who is next for him? Even though he is the interim world champion, well, who's next? I doubt CM Punk's going to return on a dynamite. I think CM Punk's going to return at All Out. Um, so who's who's next? 
That's what you gotta think. Like, who is next for John Moxley right now? That's what I'm wondering. Maybe Hangman gets a rematch at some point. They do him versus Moxley at all out. I know they were talking about Moxley and Malachi. It doesn't seem like they're gonna go that route. It doesn't look like they're gonna go that route. So, you know, I mean, I know all outs in September, but we're almost towards the end here. We're in the end here of July, so it's like, okay, well, who's. I like to know who's next for Moxley. He's got to get a feud. Can't just be one and done matches. Like, you know, who is next for him? Maybe it's Jericho. Maybe Jericho gets a rematch. You know, that, that's fair, actually, because Jericho never got a rematch for the title. He never got a rematch, so you could you could do that. You very much could do that. I didn't really think of that until now. Like Jericho lost back a Revolution two years ago, and he never had he's never had a rematch for the title. He's never had a rematch for the title. So you'd have to think maybe he should get a rematch pretty soon, you know. He's got the history with Moxley, obviously. Moxley's the one that beat him for the title back at Revolution two years ago. So I think it's fair enough. You could do that, honestly. You honestly could do that. I don't think people would mind it. Say, okay, well, he's getting his rematch. If you doubt Jericho's going to win, he's not going to win the belt back. Even though I'm sure people, including myself, would get all hyped up. Like, oh, my God, will he get another run? Like, let's go, because I actually would like that, but I don't see it happening. We'll see, though. That's an idea. It's thrown out there. Go right ahead and do whatever you want with it. But again, good tag team match right here. It was all about Yuta in this match. Moxley was in it. Very little, you could say. Yuta was in it for the most part. Well, of course, you know, you want to, you know, you really want to put Yuta over. You want to make him look pretty strong before his match this Saturday against Garcia. You got to make him look, kind of make him look good, obviously. But man, they were beating the shit out of him. Trent was beating him up. Chuck Taylor had enough, and he was beating him up. And towards the end right here, you know, Trent did his finisher on Yuta, but then Moxley took him out, and then Moxley and Taylor were going at it. And it came down to Yuta and Taylor, and then Yuta did a pinfall that Taylor taught him as Orange Cassidy said on commentary after the match, and Yuta beat him with that pinfall. And then, of course, like I said, Cassidy just said, oh, Chuck taught him that move. And Yuta used it against him, so Yuta and Moxley get the win in the tag team match. Good tag team match, like I said. It was probably Best Friend's best tag team match here in AEW, best regular tag team match. Because I always have love for the the uh, parking lot brawl. That was that was really good. You know, um, but yeah, this is their best regular match. I have to say, easily, easily their best regular match. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So we'll see what happens on Saturday between Yuta and Garcia. It should be a really good match. I don't think I was thinking maybe Garcia was gonna win, but. I don't think he's going to win right now, honestly. Like, I thought maybe um, maybe he'll actually win. But they are going to be in Buffalo in September, and that is Garcia's hometown. So maybe you could do it then. That would make a little bit more sense, honestly. You know, you could, you could do it then. You could do it on the Dynamite main event, or you could do it on Rampage and give Garcia the bell. He'll get a nice hometown pop. He's from Buffalo, so... They might wait till then. They might wait till then. I think, honestly, that's probably the right thing to do. But, I mean, unless if Garcia does win on Saturday, I'll be happy for him. But I just think, you know, you could could do it in September. Because, like I said, they're going to be in Buffalo for the very first time. He'll get a massive hometown pop. You could do that. Those two main eventing a Dynamite or even Rampage. 
That's that's a W right there for them. Two of the younger stars in this company. Go right ahead. But now we get to Swerve in Our Glory Tag Team Championship Celebration. And I will admit, though, this tag team celebration really felt like a sports entertainment celebration. There was a lot of comedy in this. It was all right, the celebration. Like, it was, it was eh. It was, like, in the middle of, like, I will say average, decent, you know. It was, it was just eh, honestly. Didn't really get me hyped up for, like, Keith Lee and Swerve. Like, okay, what's their next challenge? I mean, it just felt, like, very forced. You know, it just felt very, very forced, honestly. I mean, towards the end, it was funny, but um, it just felt, like, very forced in a way. You know, you know what I mean? When it just sounds like a forced, like, script. It just, that's what it sounded like. You know, Swerve was talking about, you know, Kevin Gates was at ringside. So rapper Kevin Gates was at ringside. Pretty surprising to see him there. I didn't even know he was a wrestling fan, so he was there. You know, Swerve was talking to him. I mean, Keith Lee's promo was good, though, you know, talking about, you know, who's next for us. Like, you know, if you want the tag team titles, come get the tag team titles. And then they're about to celebrate with cake and champagne at ringside. And here comes... Smart Mark Sterling and Tony Nice. I'm like, okay, they're doing that whole petition thing to remove Swerve Strickland from the roster. And you can get Tony Nice's beef with Swerve Strickland because Swerve Strickland's first match in AEW was against Tony Nice, and Swerve beat him back on Rampage. It was the Rampage after Revolution. Um, so you could see Tony Nice's beef. You, you know, you could see it. It's like, okay, fine, but um. Look at Smart Mark Sterling goes up to Kevin Gates saying, I need you to sign this right here so we can officially remove Swerve Strickland from the roster. You know, half the roster's already signed, or majority of the roster's already signed. So now if you sign right here, this will officially remove him from the roster. Kevin Gates was like, no. And then Smart Mark Sterling said, oh, you and Swerve have something in common. You know, your mu both your music fucking sucks. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. I was like, here we go. And fucking Kevin Gates tries to fucking jump. Wait, actually, he doesn't jump the barricade. He goes right through it. He goes right around it very easily. And Tony Nese gets in his face. And Kevin Gates gives him a fucking stiff punch. He fucking punched the shit out of Tony Nese. That was a stiff shot right there. I'll give, I'll give him some credit right there. That was a stiff shot. And Swerve grabbed the cake and threw it in Smart Mark Sterling's face. So, I mean, it was, it was funny towards the end. It was like, you know, like I said, decent, a very decent average, like, you know, celebration, to be honest. Like, it was, it was eh. I will say that. But it was funny towards the end. I'll give Kevin Gates a lot of credit. That was a pretty stiff shot to... Tony Nese, I'll give him a lot of credit right there. And we'll see who challenges Keith Lee and Swerve for the uh, tag team title. Let's see who will be their first challengers. I'd like to see, you know, when that'll happen. Probably we'll, probably we'll find out tomorrow on Rampage or probably Saturday at Death Before Dishonor. We'll probably find out who will be their first challengers. I think, see, it's weird though with the Young Bucks, honestly, because I don't know if they're hurt or one of them's hurt because 
it felt very weird to see them drop the belts like a month after they won it. So you have to think. That's what you have to think about. That maybe one of them was hurt. That's why they had to drop it so quickly. It just felt kind of weird. It felt a little bit weird, honestly. But we'll see who their first challengers will be. I mean, to be honest, I don't know who you could have that who can have challenge them first. But we'll see. But now, speaking of tag teams, getting to this tag team match right here. We get to this tag team match right here. Between Christian Cage and Lucha Stars versus the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison, the Varsity Blondes. And this tag team match was very short. It was, very, it was a squash, you know, tag team match. It was a squash tag team match. It was a squash tag team match right here, so that's pretty much it, honestly. You know, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. tried to get their offense in on Luchasaurus. They were able to do a little bit of damage after Pillman in with a super kick, but that really did nothing. And then they tried to go after him, and then Luchasaurus fucking clotheslined the shit out of both of them. Chokeslam to Pillman, chokeslam to, from Garrett. He chokeslammed Garrison on to Pillman Jr. And Christian Cage, no offense in this match. He actually tagged out right away when the match got started. So, <laughs> that was it right there. So then Luchasaurus, after he chokes on Garrison onto Pillman Jr., he tags in Christian Cage. He pins Pillman 1-2-3. And Christian Cage and Luchasaurus get the win. So I was like, all right, you know, I kind of... I really well did I expect it to be a squash match? Not really. I expected it to be a little bit, you know, more competitive, honestly. But it makes Christian Cage and Luchasaurus look pretty strong, or so you would think. It makes them look really strong. Well, it does, but you know what happens right here. After what happens right here, because here comes the returning Jungle Boy. So Jungle Boy makes his return. It was it was so funny because like you know because Christian Cage was on top of Luchasaurus' shoulders like you know Jungle Boy used to and Taz even mentioned Jungle Boy. And speaking of the devil, here he comes. So Jungle Boy comes out. He's got a steel chair in hand. Christian Cage tells Luchasaurus, you know, go up the ramp. You know, go out and stop him. And Luchasaurus is standing there. As, as Jungle Boy is getting close to the ring, and it looks like Jungle Boy is going to swing with Luchasaurus. He sides with Jungle Boy. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't expect that, to be honest. I expected, you know, I expected Jungle Boy to get attacked here by Luchasaurus. And him and Christian Cage would beat him up. And then, like, in week, in the next couple weeks, you probably would see Jungle Boy get more frustrated and want the match with Christian Cage. You would have Christian Cage come out saying, you want the match with me? You got it. But you had to beat Luchasaurus. Not going to go that way, honestly. And... It's kind of a weird turn, honestly, like Luchasaurus, because well, he played Christian Cage. He did play Christian Cage right there, so you got to give Luchasaurus a little bit of credit right there. He wasn't being controlled by Christian Cage. He was playing him. He was just waiting. 
So he was with Jungle Boy. He was on Jungle Boy's side all along. He was just waiting for the right time. So that was pretty smart, honestly. And I rather I would rather see Christian Cage by himself. It's nice to see him have muscle, but you know, kind of reminded you of like Tom Cole back in the day in TNA. But um, but yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised. I I expected you know Luke Storch just to beat the shit out of Jungle Boy, but no, didn't work that way. It didn't go that route. So, I mean, I'm kind of happy they didn't go that route, honestly. It's like, all right. It's just going to be one-on-one between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. You won't see Luchasaurus get involved, and he shouldn't, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're most likely going to save this match for All Out, and they should. This match should open up All Out. You know, Jungle Boy getting a massive pop if he beats Christian Cage to start off a pay-per-view. That's huge. That's huge for his career right there. That's honestly what they should do. So, so that's that right there. Fucking Jungle Boy was got into the ring. Christian Cage was running away. He chased him up the stairs. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. But again, like I said, I'm happy. I'm happy it's going to be a one-on-one thing right here. Like, I kind of want to see Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus, honestly. Like, kind of like that whole challenge thing. Like, you want to face me, you got to face him first. You know, but, all right. We'll definitely hear more about it next week. You know, I'm sure they'll confront each other. Maybe Christian Cage will still have Jungle Boy go through some shit to get the match with him. That probably still will happen. We'll have to wait and see. Um, But, yeah. Should be good, though. Should definitely be good. And like I said, Jungle Boy beats Christian Cage at All Out. That's the biggest win of his career. You could say win the tag team titles. Well, that's, you know, that's a tag team right there. That's him and Luchasaurus. You know, a singles win. Jungle Boy's biggest singles win, you could say, it was against Dax back in uh, January of last year, you have to say, in that submissions match they had. That, that's probably, you could say, his best singles win so far. But beating Christian Cage... I mean, come on, you're beating, a few, you're beating a former world champion right there. Former TNA world champion, former WWE world heavyweight champion. That's huge. You know, main event talent, he main evented all out Christian Cage last year. So that's huge. That's really, really huge right there. It really is. But now we get to the next match right here. Is good old JR comes back on a com- He comes on a commentary like he does, you know, for every second hour now, which is... Like I mentioned, it is the right thing to do, honestly, because, you know, he really hasn't been the same JR for quite a while when it comes to commentating. So I do like how the first half is Taz, Excalibur, and Tony. And now the second half, you know, it's Taz, Excalibur, and JR. And then for Rampage, it's JR, Excalibur, Tony, and, you know, Jericho. I doubt Jericho's going to – I doubt he commentated Rampage last night after what he went through. I I doubt it. Maybe Ricky did it, but – uh, we'll wait and see on that one. Um, but speaking of Ricky, we got to an FTW World Championship Open Challenge match. Ricky Starks, the FTW World Champion, defending his title against Cole Carter. And for those who don't know who Cole Carter is, I think he was, uh, what's his name, two times, was it Troy, two times Donovan back in uh, NXT 2.0 with the D'Angelo family, but he got fired because he failed the wellness policy. So it's like, ugh, yikes. And that's why he was sleeping with the fishes a couple weeks ago. So I'm sure it's only the angels going to be like, oh, shit, he's fucking alive. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, yeah, they gave him an opportunity last night. 
Because I think I think he did debut on AEW Dark a couple weeks ago. It was him, Davari, and that uh, that Parker kid. You know who was uh, Harlan back in NXT Two Point Maybe they'll build up a maybe they'll build up a stable there or something. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. We'll wait and see what they do right there. We'll wait and see what they do there, but um, this is a good match right here. I kind of expected this match to be the squash match, like the tag team match before. I thought it would be a little bit competitive. I thought this would be the squash match. We know Cole Carter got the showcase, you know, here on Dynamite. And he did good against Ricky, and it's great to see Ricky on television, you know, every week here. And I swear, he, he really does remind me of The Rock in a way. I mean, obviously the physique is... Nowhere close. That's obvious. The physique is nowhere close. I just want to say that. But, like, when he talks, like, you could hear it a little bit. Like, he's got a little bit of that rock in him in a way. He really does. Like I said, the physique, nowhere close. The rock's physique, I mean, come on. You just can't beat that. You, you can't beat that at all. So, I'm not talking about, like, the physique-wise. I'm talking about, you know, talking-wise. Because talking wise, it's a little bit, it's a little bit similar. Like when he, the way he comes off, like his mannerisms when he speaks. You know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he's the next Rock. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. Just my words. Like I said, he's not. He's not the next Rock. It's just his mannerisms and when he speaks. And honestly, Ricky should be world champion in the future. He really should. And I'll tell you what I think is going to happen with Ricky pretty soon. But this match here with Carter. It was good. Like I said, it was good. And getting to see Cole Carter wrestle for the first time because I just started watching, you know, NXT 2.0. And he had just gotten released, I think, a week before I started watching. A week or two before, whatever it was. And like I said, he showcased last night against Ricky. He did pretty good. I don't know if he's going to get a contract with AEW. I don't know if he will. Maybe he's just going to work a few dates for them. Maybe he'll get another chance in the WWE. You know, maybe. Never say never. Um... Because I, I, to be honest, going a little bit off topic, I do like the whole D'Angelo family from NXT. I remember my friend, my friend Andrew sent me uh, the D'Angelo, like sent me Tony D'Angelo, like a video package or whatever, of him wrestling, whatever it was, back in like October last year. And he knew that I was he knew that I wasn't, he, oh my God, excuse me, can't speak. He knew that I wasn't watching WWE at the time, but he said, oh, if you were watching, you probably would like this guy. And I saw, I was like, oh yeah, I probably would. And he's absolutely right, and I do. Um, but yeah, back to this match. Like I said, it was good. It was a good match. Like I said, like I said, Carter really, you know, showcased himself in this match. And it was good. Like I said, Ricky's great. Ricky's fucking awesome. He went for a spear. Carter was able to counter. Did a nice move on him. They went back and forth a little bit. Ricky was finally able to hit the spear on him. Didn't go for Rochambeau. The spear was that. Well, that was just it right there for the spear. One, two, three. And Ricky Starks retains the FTW World title. And Taz even mentioned, like, on commentary, there's only been four FTW World champions. Himself, Sabu, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is the longest reigning FTW champion. He's been FTW champion for a whole year. He won it back at Fighter Fest Night 1 last year. So here he is now in week two defending the title. He's only defended it a couple times. Because it is like a renegade title. It's like a rogue title. That's what it is. 
it's not you know recognized by any promotion so it's just it's almost kind of like for show honestly almost almost like like it's like it's for pride honestly like a, like a fighting championship and like I've mentioned plenty of times they could have made it a super heavyweight championship when Brian Cage was champion that was a huge chance to do that you could have built a super heavyweight division but I don't even think they talked about it you probably would have heard something out of it like somebody made it like on Twitter like oh they should make this a super heavyweight division I absolutely agree like with all the you know the super heavyweight talent that well they didn't have that much at that time but the ones they brought in now like you know like Keith Lee you know or any more they could bring in as well would have been nice but it's whatever but Ricky Starks grabs the mic and says you know what I'm not done right here so you know let's keep this rolling let's he's basically saying I'll defend my title again right now and who comes out Dan Housen comes out. Pretty surprising. So Dan Housen comes out, and he challenges Ricky. He's like, I'll face you right now. And Ricky's like, no, 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 no. I wasn't talking about right now. And that's, that's some good heat right there. The crowd gets pissed. And then Ricky says, next week, and the crowd starts booing. Like, you can still watch it at home. Don't worry. It'll be me, absolute Ricky Starks versus Dan Howes, and he mocked his voice. That was pretty funny. That's something The Rock would do. So next week, it will be Ricky Starks defending his FTW World title against Dan Housen. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think Ricky's going to retain. And I think after the match, him and Hobbs are going to beat up on Dan Housen. And then Hook's going to come out. And Hook's going to save Dan Housen. And he's going to leave Team Taz officially. And you may ask why. Because I think it was last week or the week before where Hook got interviewed by Lexi Nair and Lexi asked him, so is it time for you to go after a championship? You have all these wins under your belt. Is it time to go after a championship? You know, she didn't specify under what championship. And he should not challenge for any major title just yet. He shouldn't challenge for the TNT title. He's not ready for that. And him versus Wardlow, I don't think it would work. Not now, at least. And he should definitely not go after the world title. Like, I like Hook. I should say I like Hook. I love Hook. But he's not even ready for that. He's not ready to go after any of those titles. He's just not. So it would make sense for him to go after the FTW world title because that's his father's title. And he teamed up with Dan Housen at Double or Nothing. So that's what I think is going to happen. Ricky's going to beat Dan Housen next week. Him and Hobbs are going to beat up on him. Hook will come out. And he'll go after Ricky. And probably like Taz will go to the ring and say, no, 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 let's settle this. You know, we'll talk about it next week. Let's like let's let's not do this right here. We're a team, we're a team. But then Hook maybe grabs the mic and says, or he probably should grab the mic and say, No, I'm done with this right here. I'm focused on myself right here. You beat up on my friend. You could say you could have Hook say that he's my friend. They did team up at double nothing together. And I want that championship. That belongs to me. And you can say in reality. It's his to win because it was his father's championship. So there you go. You could definitely have him do that. You could definitely have him do that right there. Go right ahead. Could definitely do that. Hopefully they do do that. Dude, oh my god, excuse me on that one. God, I always laugh when I say that. <laughs> so stupid. But um, hopefully they do that. I would like to see it. 
But now we get to the next segment. We have the Ring of Honor, AAA, and IWGP World Tag Team Champions, 7-star FTR come out. We know they are facing the Briscoes on Saturday in a 2 out of 3 fall in a 2 out of 3 falls match for the for only the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. No other titles are on the line in this match, which is all right, fine. It's only the Ring of Honor titles, tag titles are on the line. That's cool. That's cool. That's fine by me. We'll see how that match turns out. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be good. I think I should say, I think it's going to be really good. I heard their match at Supercard Honor or Supercard of Honor was really good back in April. I actually didn't see it, but I was happy when FTR won the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles. They put on a fucking classic with the Young Bucks on the next Dynamite after that. So, you know, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, they started talking. You know, Cash Wheeler was saying he's still not used to that fucking reception from the crowd. So he said, thank you. And he said, you know, 2022 has been an important year. Or it's been a decent year for FTR. I mean, I don't think I'd say decent. I'd say it's amazing, honestly. With all the championships they've won. Well, they won the IWGP Tag Team Titles last year. But this year they've won the IWGP and the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles. I would say it's been it's been an amazing year for FTR. It's been pretty, pretty, pretty good. I would have to say that. I would definitely have to say that. So, you know, Cash was talking, you know, how our best match was at Supercar of Honor against the Briscoes. That was the most important match of our life, but now in this two out of three falls match and this rematch against the Briscoes, this becomes our most important match of our career. So he's, he's right, you know, defending the Ring of Honor tag titles against the guys you beat for the championships. Now it's two out of three falls. I think these two tag teams are probably going to go maybe 30, 40 minutes on Saturday. And I think it's going to be the best match of the night. Even though Claudio versus Gresham will definitely make a run for it, this match is going to be the best match of the night. It's Come on, just how can it not be? And then Dax Harwood started telling a story about a couple years ago, this five-year-old girl went to, went to a doctor. She had a re- regular heartbeat. The doctor checked her out to go to the cardiologist. And this five-year-old girl had an x-ray. And there was a hole in her heart. So they had like an option, like, you know, keep on fighting or go for open heart surgery, which would be very tough for a five-year-old. Dak's absolutely right. So then three years later, this five-year-old girl is now eight years old. She's fought her ass off. She's worked her ass off. Went back to the same cardiologist, got the x-rays. The hole is completely shut. And Dax mentioned that eight-year-old girl is his daughter. And that was beautiful. And he got a nice reception from the crowd. That was absolutely beautiful here. Congratulations to Dak's daughter. She sounds like a fighter, just like her old man right there. So that was really cool to hear. I should say it was really cool. It was awesome to hear. It was awesome to hear. God bless his daughter. God bless FTR. I fucking love these guys. I fucking love them. I've loved them since I've started seeing them on my television. I fucking love these guys. I really do. You know, it was just a really, really joyful moment to hear right there. That was awesome. And Dak said to the Briscoes, you know, if my eight-year-old can fight her ass off like that, I'm going to do the same thing on Saturday. That means daddy's got to do the same thing on Saturday. 
just beautiful. Like, how could you not love this promo? It was so beautiful. And Dax said, on Saturday, I'm going to fight like an eight-year-old girl. I'm going to beat your ass. Top guys, out. That was beautiful. That was really beautiful to hear. It really was. That's the things you love to hear in wrestling. Those are the things you love to hear and see. Beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. Gotta love it. Very, very beautiful. I'm looking forward to this match. I really am. So now getting to this tag team match right here. We have the TBS Women's Champion, Jade Cargill and Kiara Hogan versus Willow Nightingale and Athena. So Layla Gray, the interim bounty, was not able to compete. It was supposed to be a trios match. It was supposed to be Statlander, Nightingale, and Athena versus Cargill, Gray, and Hogan. So Layla Gray wasn't able to compete, so it just turned into a regular tag team match. And it was a lot better than I expected. We did see um, hip-hop artist Jermaine Dupree at ringside with Stokely Hathaway, and they were sitting together watching the match. This was ma- this match was way better than I expected. Like, Nightingale, she is such a super babyface, which is awesome. Like, she is definitely probably, like, a top babyface in, in this company, right? Even though she's not signed to AEW, I believe she's under a Ring of Honor contract, but she's a really good babyface. Like, you could really build her up as a huge babyface going forward. You really could. Like, she just comes off as a baby face. Like, she has, like, she has no bad bone in her body, it seems like. She's just all about positivity and goodness. Like, no negativity, none of that shit. Like, she is, like, the true definition of a baby face. She really is. But, no, this tag team match is really good. I enjoyed it. And Chris Stanley was banned from ringside because Layla Gray wasn't able to compete, so... That's that right there. So Satlander doesn't get involved at all during this match. And Layla Gray, of course, she wasn't there. She wasn't able to compete, so she wasn't there. But it was really good, though. Better than I expected. It was much better than I expected. Way better than I expected, I have to say. You know, all four of these women in this match, they were really good. And, you know, I never really like liked Kier Hogan's work in the ring, but she's she's improved a lot recently. Ever since she's joined up with Jade, she's done a lot better in the ring. She is more of a tag team wrestler. She did team up, I believe she did team up with her, I don't know if her and Diamond. I think her and Diamante are married. I'm not too sure if they are. I have to look it up, actually. I don't know if they're dating or if they're married. I want to take a quick look. Let me see. Are they married or are they just dating? I want to take a look. Okay, yeah, they're dating. So she would team up with her girlfriend, Diamante, over in TNA. So she is more of a tag team wrestler. But even when she's wrestled in singles competition recently, she's done pretty good. When she wrestled Athena back in June uh, last month on Rampage, it was a pretty good match. She's she's definitely improved. I'll give her a lot of credit. She really has improved in the ring. And all four of these women, they did awesome in this match. They really did. And it came down to Nightingale and Cargill. Even early on in this match, fucking Nightingale flying onto 
Cargill and Hogan and Athena falling onto everybody. Just a lot of action in this match. Fucking Stokely Hathaway got in Athena's face. And Athena just basically pushed him out of the way. And Cargill fucking drop kicked this or not drop kicked, she just kicked the shit out of her into the steel steps. And then fucking it came down to uh, Cargill and Nightingale. Nightingale did everything she could, but Cargill was able to take her down almost like a blue thunder bomb. One two, one two, kick out right into the jaded one two three. So Jade Cargill and Kier Hogan get the win. Great tag match. Like I said, it was much better than I expected. To be honest, it was a lot better than I expected. I kind of expected it to be like, eh, in a way, but no, it it lived up to expectations. Or it exceeded my expectations, excuse me. It exceeded my expectations. It was really good. Really, really good. But now we do get to the main event of the evening right here. The barbed wired everywhere death match between Eddie Kingston and the pain maker Chris Jericho. So overall, I thought the match was good. It wasn't my favorite match of the night. Usually the main event of any show is my favorite match of the night. Again, this match was good. It did have the wrong winner, though. You know, but... I'll talk about it towards the end right here. It was still good. And, of course, the JAS was in the uh, the shark cage above the ring or basically near the crowd. You had Garcia, Hager, Menard, and Parker all up there. Ruby Soho was the one that was controlling the shark cage at ringside. So you had to definitely think Ty Conti's going to come out at some point and try to pull some shit. You definitely had to expect it at some point. You had to expect at some point it was going to happen. Um, but yeah, it was still good though. Before the match even got started, when Eddie Case was being introduced, the fucking microphone was full of barbed wire. He started beating up Jericho with it, and Jericho was bleeding right away. So Kingston basically got his wish, saying, "I finally made you bleed." he wanted to do it blood and guts didn't happen so it happened last night and these two just beat the shit out of each other and this is what this is what they should have done back at revolution last year between kenny and mox it shouldn't have been an exploding barbed wire death match where the ring is supposed to explode when it's over or if they can't get past the time limit like no this that's what it should have been it should have been a barbed wire everywhere match we had a better ending okay kenny reigns supreme Whatever, and then you could you could have done something else with Kingston helping out Moxley. You know, you could well you could have had Kenny and you know Gallows and Anderson beat up on you know Moxley, and then Kingston comes out and starts swinging a chair and chases them away. You could have just done that. Could have just done that then. That's what they really should have done last year. That's a mistake right there. But again, this match was good. These guys took a fucking beating though. They took a fucking beat, and Kingston was suplexing them onto every fucking table with barbed wire. Fucking Jericho did a reverse from the top rope, but Kingston landed on the barbed wire. I'm like, oh my god. Jericho was bleeding like crazy. Kingston not as much, but a little bit on the back. But after that suplex to the table outside the ring, here comes Ty Conti. She beats up on Ruby Soho, and then Anna Jay comes out. I remember like a week or two ago. Actually, it was a week ago. Where after Anna Jay lost to Serena D, like Ty Conti was like, oh, you need to like reevaluate what you're doing, think about it. And she definitely thought about it because she attacked Ruby Solo and she was beating her up. So it's like Ty J is back together. And then Ty Conti steals the key from Ruby Soho and then Anna Jay was controlling the other uh, cage. 
She was able to bring it down. And Ty Conti was having a little bit of trouble with the key. So Garcia and fucking Ark were able to escape the cage by going through it before the cage door was open. So Menard and Hager were able to get out as well. And they were beating up on Kingston. And then here comes the Blackpool Combat Club. Moxley, Yuta, Ortiz, and Claudio. They all come out. They chase away the Jericho Appreciation Society. It's back to a one-on-one match. Or so you would think towards the end. So Kingston and Jericho still going at it. Fucking King, fucking Jericho went, hit a cold breaker on Kingston with a barbed wire chair. And then he tried to go for a lion salt on it, but Kingston countered. Hit the back slap, but it looked like Kingston had a fractured hand. Went for the cover, one, two. Jericho kicked out, it wasn't enough. And then he grabbed some barbed wire underneath the ring and went for the stretch plum the way that he beat Jericho Revolution. And Jericho, he didn't get out of it. Sammy Guevara was able to break it up because he comes out. He super kicks Kingston. He was getting fucking booed like crazy. I was pretty pissed off, to be honest. And then Guevara's beating up on Kingston. He's holding him down. Jericho still has the barbed wire wrapped around him. Kingston almost throws Guevara into him, but Guevara counters. Throws Kingston to Jericho. Judas effect. One, two, three. Chris Jericho wins. My honest opinion, Kingston should have won this match. The match was the match itself was still good, but Kingston definitely should have won this match. In my honest opinion, that's just me. I think a lot of people would agree on that one. I think Kingston should have won this match. He really should have. Again, you know, again the match was good. Kingston has beaten Jericho. He did beat him at Revolution. Beat him on pay per view. So that's huge. You know, they did win the Blood and Guts match. His team did win the Blood and Guts match. He did lose last night. You know, it is what it is. It looks like the feud might be over. And then after the match, fucking Jericho and Guevara started to beat up on Kingston again. And Kingston low-blowed Guevara. And he missed the fucking backslap to Jericho. He threw Guevara out of the ring. And then he fucking tossed Chris Jericho onto that spider barbed wire trap. And Jericho was stuck. I'm like, holy shit. It was a pretty insane match. It was a good match. Like I said, Kingston should have won. I think people would have been more happy that Kingston won. A lot of people were pretty pissed that Jericho won. You know, I guess you could say Kingston kind of won in the end right there by just tossing Jericho into the barbed wire or whatever. So now we're on to bigger things right here. Maybe Claudio wins the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight title on Saturday. Maybe Kingston goes after that. And maybe Jericho goes after Moxley for the interim title. Could happen. Definitely could happen. So coming up on Rampage tomorrow night, we have Hangman and Page and John Silver versus the Butcher and the Blade. Because early on in the show, Butcher and the Blade and Silver and Reynolds, you know, were talking to get interviewed. And the Butcher and the Blade attacked Reynolds and Silver, completely took out Reynolds. So Hangman will take his spot. We have Lee Moriarty versus Dante Martin. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter will be in tag team action. And potentially the main event, Jay Lethal will take on Christopher Daniels. But all right, guys, you know, it was a good show. Like I said, Kingston should have won the main event. It is what it is, but, you know, what are you going to do? But all right, guys, I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. The next time I'll talk to you guys will be on Saturday to review Rampage Fighter Fest Week 2 and make my Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor predictions. Talk to you guys on Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your day. Love you guys. You guys are the best. And I'll talk to you guys on Saturday.